So I'm sure all of us are thinking, you know, scratching our heads now and what do we do? What do we think? Are we supposed to get depressed? Are we supposed to be dancing? You know, that Mashiach's coming? <laughs> Is there a part that we're, what's, what's our part? What are we supposed to do? We all want to help. And it's the Sikha definitely is gonna help us. But before that, I wanna share just a very, very powerful and profound point from Precious Beratius that I heard from someone else. And I shared it yesterday in a different class because I find it very powerful and very clear about what our role is right now. Um, because, you know, in addition to these Sikhas, looking in the week's Parsha and getting guidance for what we need to do is of course, you know, where we're gonna get guidance from. So the second word in Parshas Bereshit says, Bereshit bara alekim at the Shemayim Beta Aretz. Hashem created the heavens and the earth. And the word bara, it's a second word in the Torah. It means, could mean two things. We always said it means creation and it does mean creation. It means, but not only creation, it means like a creation in the past, but a creation, a present creation, creation ex nihilo. That the word bara is like, a, is a present sense where Hashem is constantly recreating the world every second, every every moment. It's always being renewed. But also, if anyone knows Hebrew, the word bara also means labriot, like to health. It means healing. So it means a, a new creation and also means healing and health. So this is so profound because we always say like geula is the third way. It's holding space for all. And a lot of times, um, in exile mentality is when we get stuck and we don't know what to do. So these two definitions, explanations of bara are two different ways and perspectives of how we can handle trauma or chaotic situations or um, life. And, and the truth is the fact that the same word means both, it's telling us that we need both. So what is bara in our personal life? It's when we're in the state of we're always looking forward and we don't want to look at the past. We're like, Hashem's recreating the world. This is a new moment. This is new energy. The past doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. I'm just going to, you know, erase and start forward. I want to start fresh. I don't want to deal with anything in the past because, you know, it's, it's standing in newness, which obviously has a good quality to it. But it can be extreme where it's like we want to be total denial. We want to throw everything under the carpet. And the second way where it's healing, it could be we could get stuck in the other way where we could just be focused on our trauma and our pain and the past and you know my mother and my father and never be able to move forward. So the fact that means both is that true healing and true living with Hashem is that you need both. You need to be aware of the fact that Hashem is always recreating the world and that means we're never stuck. There's no such thing as stuck. There's no such thing as here I am again. I'm in the same cycle. I'm never going to get out. I've been doing this for 40 years. No. Even if it feels the same, Hashem is constantly recreating the world. So there's new energy, you're renewed, you're, you're renewed. We're never stuck. And at the same time, when things come up, in order to really be fully alive, we also have to heal the things that are coming up. It's both. And it's the same thing with Eretz Yisrael now. We could say, what's our attitude? What should... We have to have both. If anything is coming up for us on a personal level, if, if what emotions are coming up, fears, pain, sadness it's not by mistake everything all everything that moves through us is energy and all the energies that's moving through us is an opportunity to heal it's if if things are coming up it's a trigger from things that come up if 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 nothing comes up that means nothing needs you don't have to make yourself that's the other thing it's we don't have to be like oh my gosh i have to feel sad i have to no hashem knows how to knock on our doors whatever is coming up for us is ours and we have to heal it 
And at the same time, with the perspective that we're never stuck. And just because maybe it feels like the same old news, here we are again. No, there's no one here we are again. This is not a repeat in history. These things have happened, but it's new. Hashem is constantly recreating the world. So it's we're in a new time. We're in a new era. We're all different. The way that we're connected is like never before. The way we can access truth, the way, you know, the social media. Yeah, it's so scary what we're seeing, but we also, you know, we're being exposed to so much truth. The ability to, you know, the healing that we have now, the ability to stay in anchored and to stay with Hashem. So both is true in both aspects. So I just wanted to start off with that to say in terms of just our emotional space, where to be to really that we could hold space for it all. Now I'm going to jump into the Sicha and the Sicha addresses what is our part and how powerful we each are and how much of an impact we can make right now and know what we each need to do to help. So the first thing it, it talks a lot about, it's going to talk about different parts of our bodies. And in order, before we go into the words of the Sikha, I want to give a lot of explanation to make it more tangible and more accessible so that when we read inside that we could understand the words. There's three parts of our body. There's, I mean, we have many parts, but the main part, there's our neshama, our soul, which is in our head and in our heart and in our gut. There's the different, the 10 parts of our soul, which is like the light and the part of us that's the light of Hashem. And then we have our body, which is the house of our light. There's our soul and then there's the house of our light. And then deeper than that, which is going to, the Rebbe is going to address, there's a deeper part of our body that's even deeper than the house, like the body that clothes, that holds the light. There's a part of us that's the material part of us that's like the dust, that's the essence, the core of who we are, and and it's like, um, yeah, it's like the it's, the rabbi says it's the material part of our body. But I, when I was thinking about this, how to explain this, I was thinking the best visual, and because the rabbi you're gonna see is I'm gonna keep comparing our bodies to our sisteral, which is what the rabbi does. If you think about it, there's the menorah inside the base of Megdash, right, which is like the light, which is you know, and also the menorah has seven branches, which is the seven parts of our emotional parts of our neshama. Then out holding the menorah is the Beis HaMikdash, which is the house. And then the Beis HaMikdash is on the land of Eretz Yisrael. So there's the holy land, the earth, and there's the Beis HaMikdash, and then there's the menorah. So within us, we have the soul and we have our body. And then there's this earthly part of us that's deep, deep, deep inside. That's like a land that literally holds us up and is the deepest essential part of us. And you're gonna understand why I'm explaining all this. Um, now, we always talk about the fact that Hashem chose us as the Jewish nation, that we're, you know, we're the chosen nation. And it's very fascinating. The rabbi goes into a new understanding of the fact that we were chosen in this sicha because you know, when we think about it, I mean, if you would ask, like, what does it mean that Hashem chose us, we would probably say our Jewish soul, right? Like our soul maybe has like a special strength or a special light that, you know, Jewish people have a a special purpose here from our soul. Um, and, the, and the Rebbe says that actually, in order to have free choice, true choice, it's not possible to really choose something if something is greater 
than something else. For example, like I always give an example when I'm teaching about free choice. When I when you think about a kid, if you bring a kid to a candy store and then you bring with the, in your purse like a little bag of broccoli and you're like, look, here's all these candies and ice cream and, you know, you have all, everything you want, but oh, I brought broccoli. What do you want? Do you want to pick something from the candy store? Or you want this broccoli? Like what kind of choice? That's not obviously like who, which kid is going to go for the broccoli? True choice is you go to a kid and you said, here's a red lollipop and here's a red lollipop. And they're from the same brand, same company. They're both not broken. They look exactly the same, which red lollipop. There's no difference. And then the kid says, I don't know, the one in your, your, your right hand, just because. That's true choice. True choice is when seemingly it's the same thing. As long as there's a difference, even if you say, do you want a blue lollipop or red lollipop? That is still not true choice because maybe the child likes blue better than red. So now the Rebbe is going to say something so powerful that the Rebbe says that our neshamas, the Jewish neshamas are on such a high level that actually has this powerful light that's higher than the rest of the world. So it's not possible that when the Torah and Hashem says that he chose us, it, it couldn't be that it's talking about our neshamas because our neshamas are an elevated. So that's not true choice. And then the Rebbe says, even our bodies, it's not really true choice because of our, our bodies, like we eat kosher food and we do things throughout, the, when we keep Torah and mitzvahs, where our bodies are so are elevated and lofty. So our bodies are not equal. So it's not true choice. So when it's talking about true choice, it's talking about that earthly place and, and that's how the rabbi introduces the this idea that we have this deeper place inside of our body that's even deeper there's the soul there's the body and then the rabbi says there's the material part of our body the land part of our body the earth part of our body that's deep inside that's equal to all the nations it's it's not seemingly it's it's all earth it's all material like it looks the exact same as as the non-jews but yet for some reason that's beyond logic hashem chose the material of the Jewish body to be the chosen nation, to hold and carry Hashem's essence and hold and carry such infinite power that we can literally transform the world, that we can and should bring Hashem's essence and Hashem's light inside the world. And it's the deepest core place within us, that earth place. So you're all following so far? Hopefully. Um, so yeah, so then, so when we say, so when it, and when you say Hashem chose us to be his nation, that Hashem chose the Jewish people again, so now we understand that it's the material part of us. So we have to understand that when we're coming to a place where we are showing up in the world in the way Hashem chose us to be, in the, to literally transform the world and bring Hashem into the world in the way he wants, where we can transform the world and bring Eretz Yisrael to the place where it needs to be, where it's everlasting safety. And we have the third base of Megdash and all of us are standing in our worth. It's, it means that we're coming from that place, that inherent chosen place within us that's deep inside, because that's where we can make the most profound impact from that place that was chosen. I hope I'm being clear. If anyone asks, wants to ask questions before I continue, um let me know so now now that we understand that the rabbi it's i know in a minute we're gonna we're gonna read inside and you're gonna see that the rabbi talks about this inside how our 
the material, the earthly part of our body is the one that's chosen and about what true choice is. And then the Rebbe seemingly randomly starts talking about Eretz Yisrael. And the Rebbe says that just like that material part of us is was free is the part of us that Hashem chose, the land of Eretz Yisrael was chosen in the same way. That it's a plot of land. Hashem could have chosen California. He could have chosen, you know, Europe. He could have chosen it. He chose a land for no reason. And because he chose it, that's what makes it holy. That's what makes it unique. That's what makes it special. It has inherent worth just because Hashem chose it. But this is the profound piece that we have to understand before I'm going to read and then I'm going to give some practical examples because first we have to understand our connection to Eretz Yisrael with our body and then we can know what we can do. Once we have this piece of information, we'll know what we can do and how powerful our impact is on Eretz Yisrael. So the land, the reason why Hashem gave us the land of Eretz Yisrael is really only because he wanted us as humans to visualize and experience and understand and like have a human experience of a holy land so that we can access our own holy land within us. It's actually just a mirror of this material earthly place within us. Everything about Eretz Yisrael is a mirror to B'nai Yisrael, to the Jewish people. Like I said, that we have an Ashama and the Beis HaMikdash has a menorah and there's a Beis HaMikdash and there's our body. And then there's a land within us and there's a land in Eretz Yisrael. So much so that actually it says, I don't know if in Torah or Hasidus or whatever, it says that every single Jewish soul is connected to one letter in the Torah. Every single one of us have a letter in the Torah. So the whole Torah, the Sefer Torah is a culmination, is the unity of all the different souls together, right? On that Sefer Torah. And then, so, and then Eretz is, so the Torah is like a, is the unity of all of our souls because each of us have a letter. And then Eretz Yisrael, the land of Eretz Yisrael is the unity of all of the earthly place within us, that material place that was chosen is Eretz Yisrael. It's like a mirror to that. So we have the Torah, that's the soul, and it's the transcendent light within us. The Torah is like the, the, material like the visual of the part of us that's transcendent that could go beyond the world that's not limited that's higher and then we have the earthly place inside of us that's elevated because it was chosen but it's down here it's on the ground and that's Eretz Yisrael and that each of us our body is connected to a little plot of land in Eretz Yisrael and that means that the how we access this part of us and how we tune into this part of us and what we do with this part of our body is what transforms and elevates the land in Eretz Yisrael that we're connected to. And when each of us transform and connect to this part of our body, Eretz Yisrael, there's no more fight, there's no more struggle. That's Geula, that's Mashiach, because Eretz Yisrael will be in its full light through our work. It's, 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 it's very, very, very profound and powerful. So now that we understand that, we can, we can take this we can take this further. Let me just see if I, yeah, I think I said what I want to say about this. Now we're going to read it, read inside. And then before I go into practical examples, I'm going to read, then we'll go into practical examples. And, but please um, jump in if you want to say anything. Okay. So I'm going to read starting from page seven, for those of you who have the Dvar Malchus and want to follow along. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
Oh wow. We are all fun fun. I mean we're all um what's the in English, whatever. It's cool, yeah. I'm not That's gonna the Adam was created from the earth of Eretz Yisrael. Actually, remind me if I forget, after I read inside, I want to talk a little bit about how do we access this part inside of us, because that's really important too, because I could talk about a concept of how to live in this part, but first we have to talk about how to even access this part. Okay, so I'm going to start reading. The author Rebbe explains in Tanya that- I have a question. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to just get more clarity on what you said of the different parts of our bodies. Mm -hmm. Are you going to go into that? I like, is our entire body, our, our feelings compared to Eretz Yisrael, the part that's exactly the same as the non-Jew? Um, no, there's our feelings are coming from our soul. There's it's energy. The energy, the light, the feelings, emotions, the self-expression, the creativity, the desires, it's the flow, that's the soul, and it's transcendent light. And then there's huh. our body, which is the vessel that holds the light. And then even deeper than that is, is this earthly material part of our body that's, it's the anchor. It's the place of us that it's beyond what we do and how we show up and how we, how many mitzvot we do and how good of a Jew we are. And like, it's, it's just this inherent space of inherent worthiness just because we were chosen so when you're saying i didn't hear i didn't hear there's so you're saying the body holds the light of the soul so you're saying some part of our body is an expression of our soul right well, and you're saying that there's body work together yeah our body is the vessel and the it, our mouth expresses and our hands, you know, do what it needs to do, the action and our feet walks us places. Yeah. Okay. But then deeper than that, there's the earth part deeper of us. That. I think it's connected. Mm. I, I didn't think too much about it, but it, to me, it's connected to, we did a class on the Avanash the foundational stone that is within us that holds everything together. And that's Hashem's essence. And we know that the lower something is the higher light of Hashem. Hashem's his essence is in the lowest place. So the lower we go, really the higher the light is. So this foundational place, there's like this material earthly part of us that just is the essence of who we are is holds actually the highest light because on a soul level, there's still a part of us that's like, oh, I, did I share enough light today? Did I make enough impact? Did I connect to people? Did I, am I doing enough? The soul is here. It wants to do, it wants to impact. It wants to be in a flow. This, this material part of us is this space that's extremely grounded and it's just here and it's just being. And it's a space of, even if I do absolutely nothing, Hashem put me on this world for a reason and he loves me and he chose me. And that is my true worth. It has nothing to do with anything external. It doesn't matter how beautiful, how talented, how much we create how much we do it's it's standing in complete 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 worthiness at another level of looking at it as that what does it mean hashem chose us he chose us to be his queen he chose the jewish people from all the people in the world everyone is connected to hashem we're all here to serve hashem right to bring hashem into this world non-jews and jews it's we're all doing that what does it mean he chose us for no apparent reason because we all on that level on an earthly level we all look the same but he chose the jewish 
the earth of the Jewish bodies to be on an elevated level, which is that we're not just a servant to do Hashem's will to make this world. We're his queen, we're his wife. And just like a queen doesn't need to prove herself or do anything, you know, to prove her worth. She's worthy because she's a queen and she deserves everything she desires and is here to be loved and cherished and have an abundance of everything she desires. That's, and a queen, when she stands in her queenship, when she knows she's a queen and she lives with dignity and honor of herself and acts like a queen, she ultimately is treated like a queen. But if a queen walks around not like a queen and is like, no, I'm just like everybody else. I'm just regular, you know, don't give me any extra attention or not even attention because it's beautiful. It's not not an ego thing, but I'm saying, no, I'm worthless. I'm really nothing like, and doesn't know her worth, then people will treat her that way. So this is, this is the thing. But when she stands in her power and she knows that she's the queen and she knows what she's worthy of, she has, not only does she have so much power and influence, but she's treated the same way. So this is what it means as a Jewish people that as queens, we are the representation, we represent Hashem as the king. Like we have so much influence. What we do actually makes so much impact in the world in a way that only a Jew can really do that. What every single one of our actions is impacting Israel, is impacting the world, is energetically shifting so many things that, that on a level that a non-Jew can't reach. Doesn't mean that a non-Jew can't connect to Hashem and have intimacy with God and do powerful things and do good things and reach their potential. It just means that there's a level that we can influence that's very powerful. And that if we would only know how much power we have, then we can, that, that's when we'll, the world will transform. So, but it comes, how do we tap into our potential? It's first, we have to tap into our worth. We have to know, we have to, able to access that actually i will say then before i read that just some uh, and we don't know there's so much to say so i'm not going to go so into this but just external things just some examples of how to access that inner worthiness because we have all these layers and shells around us that maybe block us from that that truth and tell us lies that you know you have to prove yourself in order to get love or you didn't do enough or whatever I mean, like what I always say, you know, somatic healing, um, doing things that give you pleasure, tuning in, slowing down, meditating, being in nature, um, you know, trying as much as we can to get out of our head and breathe it into our body. Because if we know in our inherent worthiness is definitely not in our brain, it's not even in our heart. It's like that deeper grounded space. So somatic healing helps you get to this grounded place. Like you feel the earth, get connected to the earth, get connected to that deep place within you, like quiet down all those external voices. And we're, what's so ironic is that we're so, so, so afraid of the quiet and being still, but in the stillness is our inherent worth. And, and once we've accessed that inherent worth, from there, everything just flows because we're, no, we're not running or chasing anything. And we've, we could take breaths in between things and we could just do what we need to do and then stop and then integrate because we feel safe. So we have to navigate, you know, the journey to get to that inherent space of worthiness. But I do want to say something else. I'm going to mention it more later, but a, re a really important thing is it's always the Rebbe reframed everything with so much positivity and so much light. And that's why these are Sikhas are so life-giving that anti-Semitism or 
as an extreme on a cosmic level or even personal challenges that come our way or people that trigger us or situations around us that bring up pain within us, Hashem is never, ever, ever trying to hurt us and not cursing us and not trying to punish us. And even what's going now, it could look like a horrible, horrible punishment. And yeah, I mean, I, I can't speak for those families who are going through that because, you know, it's beyond and God forbid. I'm just saying from a general bigger perspective that the reason why Hashem creates things within us that trigger us or that looks like terrible and negative is actually never to destroy us. It's to shatter the old beliefs, to break us so much to get us that all that's left is our inherent worthiness, to get us to access that land, pardon us, that can hold us together and say, I'm a queen, I'm worthy. So it's a great example because the anti-Semitism that's going on right now, it's not actually to hurt us and crush us. It's to stop us acting in a way that we forget that we're the queen and stop, you know, lowering ourselves and Aristotle making excuses and, you know, but I feel bad, but everyone's going to say this. And what are people going to say? Stop it. Get into your, you're the queen, you're Aristotle. Stand up for yourself. That's why this is happening. So the same thing in our personal life, when we feel shattered and we feel triggered, if we look at it as Hashem's so mean and he's hurting me, we're not, that's not going to be helpful. And if you feel that way, then feel those feelings. I mean, that's fine. That's part of the journey. But the deeper perspective is, wow, Hashem is shattering old beliefs in me that I'm carrying that I don't need anymore to get me to break the walls to get to what to the truth. Okay, I'm going to read and then feel free to jump in. The Alta Rebbe explains in Tanya that and you have chosen us from all nations and languages Okay, so I, I, I'm only, I'm not, I don't want to read like the whole Sicha, so some, I'm only going to read certain parts. So the Rebbe is saying basically that when the Tanya says that he chose it from all the nations, okay, I'm going to continue, is the material body which is similar in its material less materialistic sense to the bodies of the nations of the world. Um, this, what I'm reading now is now that I give you all this context, you're going to hear it in the Rebbe's words. Since choosing is only possible to say specifically from things that are the same as one another, from the perspective of the point of interest. Regarding things that do not have a common point, no common qualities among them, they are found in two different places or levels, it cannot be subject to choice, since it depends what the person wants and where the person is found and one way or the other. Basically what the rabbi is saying is what I said, if you give a kid in a candy store broccoli that's not a choice it has to be two red lollipops there's no difference it doesn't make any sense and the fact that he chooses one of them and not the other is not for any reason only because that is what he chose if he picks one because of a reason because of the virtue that it has it is also not a true choice free choice since the reason causes a lean which forces him to choose this thing true choice free choice is when there is no reason and no lean, etc. Merely he chooses this because this is what he wants. I'm going to continue. Therefore, true choice is only possible to be in reference to the body, which is similar in its materialistic sense to the bodies of the nations of the world. When the matter discussed is the soul of a Jew, it is not possible to say, and you chose us, since the Jewish soul, which is a portion of Hashem above, literally has no comparison to the nations of the world, truly different, Indeed, choice is not possible regarding it. 
Similarly, more in general, when the matter discussed is the Jewish people as they stand higher than all the matters of the world and the nations of the world, it is also not possible for there to be a choice regarding it. Um, spe specifically in the body of a Jew, which is found below among the nations and seems similar to the bodies of the nations of the world, is it possible to have the phenomenon of, and you chose us. You, Hashem, your God has chosen to be for him a treasure nation from all the nations. You chose us specifically from all the nations. And then I'm going to read one more paragraph that says, in the material body of a Jew, in which he is the same as the nations of the world, which is similar to its materialistic sense to the bodies of the nations of the world, there is an advantage in comparison to the virtue the Jewish people have by themselves due to their soul or due to their qualities and their refined physical body, etc. Since specifically in its in it is revealed the choice of Hashem, which true choice is in the essence of Hashem. Now, I it's in another paragraph that the Rebbe explains that even in the body, that's not talking about the body, because the body also, the, the Rebbe said the Jew, like I said, the Rebbe said that the Jewish body is elevated. It's talking about a deeper level, but I, I didn't read it here. I realized after I read it. But now the Rebbe, the last paragraph that I just read to you guys, the last few sentences, the Rebbe is saying that the virtue of this material part of us is higher than the soul because the soul, there's a reason why it's special, because it's special. But that true, the essence of Hashem, and, and it's beyond logic, and just because, just because I chose you, just because you're loved, is beyond any reason. It's, it's, it's so, so, so powerful and profound. Okay. Um, yeah, sorry, you want to say something? I, yeah. I don't even understand what that means of choosing something that are exactly the same. Like I'm seeing here two seltzer cans. They're exactly the same. So if I choose one, there's zero, there's zero amount of choice there. It's just random. Right. And the Rebbe is saying that that love that level of randomness is that he chose us and he chose Eretz Yisrael from all the lands. It was now it, within that choice. What does it mean? He gave us special. He gave Eretz Yisrael special power, and he gave the Jewish people's material part of our body special power. That we literally are the light. We're the light to the nations. Eretz Yisrael is the light of the world. It holds special power that it energizes, like the energy tank of the whole world. So why he chose us is random, but the fact that he chose us, he put special power in. The, it's like you take two seltzer bottles that look exactly the same, and you pour one, you know, wine. And why did you choose to put wine in that and the other one, you know, water? There's no reason. They look the same, but the but the essence of one holds wine, which is a higher quality. So the land that he chose, and the land that he chose within us, there's no reason. But because he chose it, we have the essence of Hashem that could transform the world. If we can access that. Does that make sense? So what I'm hearing is there was no, there was no um, decision, really. There was no conscious reason to choose. But the fact that he cho chose it infused the land and infused ourselves with a holiness. What does it mean he chose us? He chose this plot of land to put special energy in. Mm. But if, if, if there was a reason, then we would still, our worth would be tied into a reason. That's, that's the Rebbe's point. Nechama, could, 
Yeah. Also be that it was just because of a sense essential desire. And that, that is beyond logic, beyond reason, beyond everything. It's just the essence. Yes, for sure. A hundred percent. And that is what we're connected to. But I, yeah, Rachel, I see your hand. I just want to, I will get to you in a second. I think the point is why there's a stress here that it's beyond logic and beyond reason is because human beings are so conditioned and so quick to give ourselves reasons why we're worthy. There has to be a reason. There has to be a reason why I'm here. There has to be a reason why I deserve this and this and this. Like we're so quick to do that. And the Rebbe is saying that if you can believe and step into this thing that it's by, it's random, like Hashem just chose you for, for no reason, like it, it's not connected to anything. That's how much Hashem, the Rebbe is encouraging us to get to feel worthy to that level. And I think there's so much power to that. Yes, Rachel. I think you answered it already. Um, I was just thinking that I can't remember what they call the mitzvot where there isn't a reason. It's like, because it's so mystical, we can't even understand like mikvah. And then you're talking about being a queen, like to put yourself in such a, um, to understand there's a sacred space that our brains can't accommodate and ascribe language to. Um, and to think about the endless creator making a choice the way we would make a choice, maybe it's not the same thing, but just to, um, it's like bridging bridging from one, one uh, framework to another, from logic to spiritual kind of receiving. Um, yeah, that it's it's uh, it requires faith, and then the only answer comes down to faith. And and always when you're talking about the essence of the material, I'm I'm like visualizing DNA, and of course you can yes. have the same DNA. We have like nearly the same DNA as mice and and as chimpanzees, and and it's the same building blocks in a slightly different, you know. I I love that you said that because I didn't know if I was going to say it if it would be too much, but the fact everything comes up for a reason. So the fact that you brought it up, I will say that. There's, I mean, even like non-Jewish, like there's a lot of people going out saying like these spiritual ideas about the transformation and like about like coming back, making our bodies into light beings and like reviving our bodies. Like so many people are talking about this, you know, on YouTube, you could access this and it's amazing because it's not even coming from only Jewish people. They're talking about that we have 12 strands of DNA and that we've only accessed to all this time. Like there's only been to like we've been it's been dormant and that the process of becoming alive is activating all all strip all 12 stri stripes of dna that we become we basically awaken to our full potential and then we become these light beings that we're tapping into such little potential and then within that you could say okay so every human being has these 12 stripes of dna meaning every single human being has this earthly space that holds their bodies but if you take a DNA test, Jews have a special different DNA than everyone else. So our 12 stripes of DNA is the same as everyone else, but it has some Jewish spark in it that has special power. So it's 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 totally connected to this material body, to the this DNA. But I, I was like, I was like, well, this is a whole nother subject, but you brought it up. So it's meant to be. Yeah, but it's very cool, all these connections. Okay, now. I'm going to um, read to you how the Rebbe just like jumps in and connects this to Eretz that if we didn't understand this, it would be like, what, how are you just all of a sudden talking about the land of Eretz Um, But it's on page 15 on the bottom right. Um, and the Rebbe first starts about Shabbos Beratius. So I want to just 
preempt that to give you some context, that a lot in the beginning of the Sikha, the Rebbe is saying, what is so special about Shabbos Bereshis? Because the Rebbe is saying that it says that Shabbos Bereshis holds the energy for the whole year. So the Rebbe said, I don't understand. We just said Tishrei holds the energy for the whole year. Rosh Hashanah, then Yom Kippur, then Sukkot. Now, oh, Shabbos Bereshis is actually the one that holds the energy for the whole year. So the Rebbe said that the virtue of Shabbos Bereshis, which I want to say is actually my birthday. I was born on Shabbos Bereshis, the day after Simchasara, on a three-day Yantif. So I feel very honored. Um, with Shabbos Bereshis, what's special about it is it's the bridge and it holds the energy for both. Tishrei is like the, the soul, the Torah, the transcendent light, like getting out of body, having that fuse of energy, soul energy. And then the rest of the year is like, it, you know, we look like everyone else, quote unquote, even though we're doing Shabbat and kosher and whatever, but Tishrei puts us away from the rest of the world. Like people who have normal jobs, they're like, gosh, you know, it's crazy. We're missing like the whole October, we're out. And then they could keep us usually mostly Monday to Friday job in a normal business, right? And they could like, you could have like a normal regular routine, just like a non-Jew. So Tishrei is the separate part of us, the soul. And the rest of the year is like more mundane. And Shabbos Bereshis is the bridge. It's the end of Tishrei and giving us, getting us ready for the rest of the of the year. So that is, the Rebbe is saying is like Shabbos Bereshis is the is our soul and the material part of our body, like both parts of us that have virtue. But now the Rebbe is going to connect it to Eretz Yisrael. So I want you guys to see in the in the Rebbe's words, fifteen, and then even as the Jewish people are found in this physical and material world together, with the nations of the world which Hashem created, everyone the same in a materialistic sense, the whole world belongs to Hashem equally. Now you're gonna say all of a sudden the Rebbe switches. And there's room for a challenge. You are thieves for you conquered the land of the seven nations, being the land of the nations which Hashem decided to give to them becomes revealed there that you chose us from all the nations. And just as Hashem chose the Jewish people, he also chose he decided to take it from them and gave it to us to give Eretz Yisrael, the chosen land from all the lands to his chosen nation. And to add that through the fact that he gave it to us willingly and with his choice, the physical Eretz Yisrael, it is evident clearly in this physical and material world, the choice of Hashem of the Jewish nation, also as they are in the materialism of the world. Seemingly, this makes no sense. Like there was no transition. But with all this context of what we've been speaking about, it makes sense that so the Rebbe is basically saying the same earth within us that was randomly chosen is the same land in Eretz Yisrael that was randomly chosen just because. And that and that that space of our bodies within us is connected to the land of Eretz Yisrael. Okay. Now I really want to give some practical examples of now that we know that our bodies are connected to the land of Eretz Yisrael, like how much power we have of some things that that we can do. So number one is knowing knowing how loved we are like now that we, we were that we were reading those words from the rabbi how about our inherent worth and how our love has nothing to do with anything that we you know, how we operate, what we do, how we perform, it's just inherent. When we operate from that place that we are deserving of love, like because we can get to this place of tit for tat, you know, like, oh, I proved myself today, I did X, Y, and Z, so now I, you know, now I, I, I've checked enough boxes so now I could go get a massage or take care of myself or 
I'm lovable enough so I could ask for something or all of those things are so conditional or, you know, I feel so bad. I don't, I don't really want to bother this other person because, you know, they're going through a hard time and thinking about everyone else. But if we're in an inherent worth, it's like, I'm worthy because I'm loved because I'm inherently valued. It's enough. And we have to work on this for ourselves, because if we know, again, that our land is connected to the land of Eretz Yisrael, when we, these are, I'm giving three things that we can do now that will actively give ener energetic courage and strength to Eretz Yisrael. So when we stop giving excuses for ourselves and we say, I'm worthy because I'm a queen, because I was chosen, because, just because, like, I'm loved as I am, and no negotiations, no defensiveness, no judgment, from that state, standing in that worth, that energetically is giving strength to Eretz Yisrael because then Eretz Yisrael could, that's what they need to do. They need to stand up and say, I don't need to excuse myself. I don't need to defend myself. I don't need to say, oh, well, technically, you know, maybe we did kick you out or, you know, the other nations are gonna judge us or maybe we aren't really worthy because, you know, the poor Palestinians and they're, they're living like this and are we really worthy of this land? And maybe we have to negotiate and, if they stood in their worth and they said, what's our worth? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter even the history. The first of all, the fact is that we won the land. That's the fact. But even if you take all the stories out and you want to negotiate and you want to say, you think this, you think this, take that all the way. Hashem gave us this land, period. For no other reason. He gave us this land. That is the worth of Eretz Yisrael. And if they come from that premise, there's no more room for negotiation. Why are we going to fight for our land? Because Hashem told us to. Because Hashem gave it to us. So again, from that energy, we if we realize that our land, our bodies is connected to Eretz Yisrael, we have to work on that for ourselves. To not negotiate our worth or take things that are less than, than what we're worthy for and say, enough, like, I'm not negotiating. I'm not even listening to this part of my brain that's telling me and evaluating my worth and telling me I don't deserve it or whatever. Like, no, there's a gate around that fence. Absolutely not. My worth is because Hashem chose me period, for no other reason. When we expand on that energy and we increase it, we are giving Eretz Yisrael, and definitely the part of our bodies that's connected to the land of Eretz Yisrael, that strength, and that's what they need. The second thing is standing up to inappropriate talk and behavior from a state of dignity and worth and like a queen. Like an example, if they think of this, like sometimes my kids, you know, they're in a bad mood and they'll speak in a disrespectful way. So the old generation is like chutzpah, done, like slap, slap, like, who do you think you are? Our generation, ah, whatever, they're in a bad mood, they're having a hard day, you know, whatever. Like, I mean, at least for me, like I could make every excuse in the world. And I, I realized that, so, so one of, part of my process in my healing, I realized that Hashem wouldn't want my child to speak to me this way. That's why I'm going to stand up with dignity and not because I'm hurt or because I'm on their level and because I'm shut down or because they deserve punishment, nothing. It's just because I'm a queen and from a state of worthiness, I don't, I'm not going to be spoken to that way because I'm a queen of Hashem. And then I speak to my child from a queen space and say, that's not a way to speak to a mother, period. Because it's for Hashem. It takes away all the drama, it takes away all the fighting. It's not tit for tat. I'm, I, Hashem wouldn't, the Hashem and me wouldn't want to be spoken to that way. That's it. Anyone, if anyone is disrespectful to us or speaks to us in a less than worthy way, it's not about fighting and it's not about reacting and getting on their level. We're queen. So from a dignified space, absolutely not. 
I will not engage in that kind of conversation. Like I'm not, so in a queen way, we stop that kind of communication. So every single, now think about Eretz Yisrael. What do they need to do? They need to stand up to the terrorists and Tahmats and say, absolutely not. End of conversation. We know not even one more second of negotiation. This is over. We are done. So every time we engage with anything that's less than worthiness within our own environment, we are giving strength to Eretz Yisrael. And the last example, there's many, but the last thing I was thinking is that when we want to share something that's really true for us, or we want to share a life, we want to share something we're passionate about, we might have a voice inside of us that says, people are going to judge, people will think I'm too spiritual, people will think I'm crazy, people won't understand me, and all these negative doubts and shame and and might crush us from and stop us from doing what we need to do. When we have a strong desire and a passion and a light, it's Hashem working through us and using our mouth, our writing, our self-expression, whatever, to share more light in the world. We're just vessels. And if we're stopping that those opportunities out of fear of what other people are going to think, we're stopping Hashem's desire through us. So we have to get beyond, like, it doesn't matter what people think. People will think this and people think that some people will be inspired and some people think I'm an idiot and crazy. It doesn't matter. I need to do this because this is coming from Hashem and I need to trust that Hashem's going to protect me and Hashem will give me everything I need. I don't need to be afraid of other people. So this is the third thing that we need to work on, that if we feel passionate and powerful and uh, from a, not from a state of fear or ego, but from a true place of I need to express this, and we don't know how other people are going to take it. If we share it anyways, we are giving Eretz Yisrael strength to have more confidence to do what they need to do and not be peer pressured by other nations and by society and by the UN. And, you know, they're terrified to stand up and do what they need to do and be a light onto the nations because they're afraid of the nations. So we do the same thing. We're peer pressured to share our truth because we're afraid of society. So when we say, no, Hashem wants me to share this. So Hashem's doesn't matter. I work for Hashem. I don't work for society. Then we give Eretz Yisrael the strength to say, we work for Hashem. We don't work. And, and, and the, the irony is, is that people, why are we, they're so afraid to stand up because they're afraid that the other nations might stop supporting them or think bad about them, but it's the opposite. They only have power to talk bad about us and to fight us because they're not, Hashem is allowing them to, to, to remind us of our worth. It's not a punishment. It's to knock out to get us to finally stand up and say enough is enough. That's why in our own environment, again, in our own homes, we might or if we might have a friend who constantly triggering us and doing the same thing again and again and again, because Hashem is like, are you going to learn yet? Are you going to learn yet? Are you going to learn that? Stand up and say no, no, Gevura. We have to have strength. Like, absolutely no. So that's that's and that's part of being a queen, being dignified and saying, I will not accept that again, not because of ego, because that's what Hashem wants It's for Hashem. So it's in such a beautiful way. So if Eretz Yisrael would stand up and say, I don't care what other people are going to think, they're going to have no power because Hashem is going to stop it because the Eretz Yisrael learned the lesson. So these three things are what we need to do and what we need to strengthen and work on. And every single moment that we're doing any of these three things, we're giving power to Eretz Yisrael. Very, very, very profound and powerful. Damn, it happened already before. Six days, six day war, I think. Archistral was in that space. The nations were terrified of Archistral. They were terrified to say boo to Archistral. Yeah, a real fun. Yeah.
And it's so powerful for us to understand. And that's why the whole introduction was so important, because if now that we understand how connected our land and our body is connected to Eretz Yisrael, every moment, every little interaction, every moment that we're standing in our inherent worth, every moment that we're dignified, every moment that we're like, absolutely not, I will not tolerate that kind of conversation or that kind of talk or or every time we, you know, spread things that we believe and we're not afraid, we're like literally think of ourselves as like sending this energy and courage and strength to Yisrael. It's so powerful, like in our own homes, on our couch, we're changing the world every moment that we make these choices. And the more we tune into this, the more we're like, stop shaming or what am I doing? What am I, am I really making a difference? Yes, that's, these three things will make much more difference than running around and doing anything out of ego or fear or overwatching the news or chasing or trying to change anyone else like this is what's going to give our Yisrael the strength now i'm going to end off with something so 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 powerful that i know this already so much and i i really could end here but i i i have a desire to finish what i wanted to share that the rebbe now he's i'm going to we're going to read it inside the rebbe says that there's there's always like three-step process. I feel like I keep saying like there's three-step process, but all of these things, the Rebbe says that there's Bereshis, Nayach, and Lechlecha. And he, we're going to read it. The Rebbe says that after Bereshis, we talk about Nayach, and after Nayach, we talk about Lechlecha. And we'll read it inside. What's Bereshis? This whole Sicha, knowing your inherent worth, going from the point that you were created just because, just because you're loved for no other reason. Once you could access that level of worthiness, next comes Nayach where you access a space of tranquility, Nayach is peace, Menucha. Peace and tranquility, specifically in a, in a Teva, in the Mabul. Once you know your worthiness, you will access peace and tranquility. And there's no promises that the world yet is gonna be saved and healed. There's still gonna be Gullis around you, but you're gonna be so, it, your worthiness is gonna be so strong and hold you so deeply that you will be like Nayach in the Teva and it, nothing, the Mabel will not affect you at all. You're going to be so protected. And then from there goes Lech Lecha and Lech Lecha is Avram leaving his land and going to, it says to Artsacha, to the land that I will show you. And another way of saying Eretz is Ratzain, will and desire. What happens once you know your worth, then you're in a space of the whole world could be rocking, but you're in a space of tranquility. From that space, you start accessing your true desire and your true will, which is Hashem's desire and will through you. And you start doing what you're really here for. And just like Avram trailblazed light, you start being able, we start being able to trailblaze light, but from a true place with Hashem within us, Hashem's true desire through us, not from ego, not from external desires, true desires are the Ratzayim. And when we do that, we reach personal Geula, which means that our body's transformed and we have Eretz Yisrael in our body, which gives power to the literal Eretz Yisrael. And each person that does this, Bereshis, Nayach, and Lech Lecha, and doing Hashem's desire of them, we're fueling Eretz Yisrael. And the last stage is going to be that Eretz Yisrael is going to be completely transformed in its light, in its power. And we're going to have the third base of Migdash, literally. Amen. May it be. So I'm going to read this inside. Um, a little bit about Nayach and a little bit about Lech Lecha. So page 13, second paragraph on the right. Um, in the middle, that due to the fact that Nayak found favor in the eyes of Hashem, Hashem saved him from the great flood, to the extent that this also brought to these are the children of Nayak, 
necha, tranquility, for the upper realms and tranquility for the lower realms. That also in the lowest realms, the physicality and materiality of the world, there was tranquility. So I just want to say that the, the rabbi is saying specifically that Neach was saved on a deeper level, not even because of his worth or for any reason. Hashem chose him. Hashem put his neshama into this world, chose him from all people to be the representation of tranquility in a chaotic world. He chose him from all people for no reason. Um, and then says that his children are tranquility. And so from that space of being chosen, the birth tranquility. We're running out of time, so we can't go into this too much. But then on page 15, then the Rebbe is going to speak about Lach Lecha. It's the bottom paragraph on the left. And we may connect this also with the continuation of the Parshas. After Parshas Bereshis and Parshas Nayach, we then have Parshas Lach Lecha, where it speaks about how Shem tells Avram, go for yourself out of your land, your birthplace, and your father's house to the land that I will show you. Even though Avram is found in the physicality and material materialism of the world, your land, your birthplace, and your father's house, he must leave there and go away and separate himself from there and go to the land that I will show you. And Hashem, after this, gives him Eretz Yisrael, the land of the seven nations, and the Kani, Knizi, and Kadmoini as an eternal inheritance for the Jewish people. And through this transpires, I will show you, also in the deeper meaning, I will show you and reveal you yourself. That through this, that he had an, inco an incomparable advance going, Hashem reveals through the choice of the Jewish people, the true existence of Avram and every Jew, who, whoever and whatever he is. That through this going, it says that Hashem revealed himself to Avram, who he is. Lech Lecha, he went to himself, he went to his, he found this deep, in, deep worthiness within himself to the point that he was able to leave the materialism, leave his ego, leave all the external things and just literally just shine his light from that anchored space. And that's the next day, like Lech Lecha is a space where it's still turbulent around us, but we could have tranquility. And ultimately we wanna be a space of Avraham where there is no turbulence around us because our light is so powerful that we transform the whole world. So that's the next step. Like right now we can hopefully access Nayach where there's still, there's tons of turbulence around us but we could experience Geula moments where we could access Nayak's tranquility. But eventually, obviously that's not enough. And the world, we want final Geula where the level of Avraham, where we're, we leave all, there's no, there's no turbulence and no external, any of this stuff. And then our light transforms and heals the world. Okay, thank you. I'm gonna end here. Thank you so 